Hey, I'm Marzena and I've been dreaming about having a podcast. I used to spend a lot of time working and volunteering at a radio station and I've missed it very much. I've been thinking about the podcast and then overthinking, thinking a bit more and having it in my mind on the shelf called dreams. Now it's time to try and make the dream come true. I've always loved people and listening to their stories. Stories genuinely fascinate me. They create us, they create our reality, help us to shape who we are and how we see the world. They help us to build connections with each other. We also all tell stories. We tell stories to remember, to move on, to create, to educate. We tell stories simply to exist. I hope to create a space where people will tell their stories that are part of their personal history. You won't find any of these stories in the history books. Nevertheless, they have just as much importance in the lives of people. It will be random stories told by random people. Welcome to Just Stories podcast, Marzana Farana Sherlock. I hope you'll enjoy it. Today we'll be telling stories about our hobbies, but also about our passions. And my guest on the first episode of Just Stories podcast is Lou Hasty. Hello, Lou. Hi, Marzana. Hello. We're doing that through Zoom. It's the first recording in a while, so I hope you'll enjoy the conversation because this is the main aim to have a meeting of two people who might be enjoying the same stuff or would like to discover something about ourselves. I was planning to start a series on water because I've been hooked up with wild swimming probably for the last few months. And although I met Lou briefly, probably a couple of years ago, we've met again while swimming. I wanted to start the conversation from asking you which places make you happy. I love the beach. It is the beach always. But it's funny because when I close my eyes and I think of a beach, it's such a mishmash. I grew up in Australia, so I've got the beaches near where my grandparents lived, which is where my parents grew up and where I went to university. I've got the beaches where we went on summer holidays as kids. I've got East Lothian's gorgeous beaches and some from holidays around the world in my 20s as well. So it's, it's such a special place for so many different reasons. Why it's so special? I love just walking on the beach. I love it when it's a nice day, of course. Everyone loves getting out into the sea and, and doing that. But I especially love it on a rubbish day when you've got it all to yourself and just that expanse. I really love it, which is good in Scotland because we have a lot of rubbish days. So you get it to yourself a lot. Uh, And we're getting super brave in our swimming group to keep going in the water now. It's got such happy memories and I love sharing those with my kids. We could walk during the lockdown. We were allowed to go for exercise. And from where I live, we can walk and see the sea. So we tried to do that at least once a week. We got cycling a couple of times with my girls who are quite small. So they weren't really up for cycling. But one day we got quite close 
to Longniddrew Beach. Um, but they said that if they couldn't stop and play in the sand, they weren't having any of it. And so we had to come home. Such a shame because you said that the beach is special to you for a few reasons. And can you tell us a wee bit about those reasons? The sea is also really special to me. It's the basis of my work now too. So, so Lil, the social enterprise that we have, we set up when we learned that we're putting a lorry load of plastic into the sea every minute. Mm. And yet that's where all of our oxygen comes from. Two thirds, up to two thirds of our oxygen. Obviously there's, there's plants, the green plants give us a lot too. But I just had never really con contemplated all of the oxygen we get from the sea. And it came at a time years ago now but it's, it feels quite current again. Uh, my mum was hooked up to oxygen. She had two types of pneumonia mm. and had a family mantra going whenever I would ring her um, and check how she was doing in hospital in Australia. We had a family mantra that oxygen was good. You should use it. It's, it's a good thing. And yet we're destroying one of our key sources of it in what we do. So, so now Lil is all about helping us reduce plastic, to take climate positive things, do, as my business partner, Sarah, says, you don't have to knit your own yogurt, but just, just do what you can to, to protect the sea and, and our beautiful East Lothian wildlife too. So, so we've got that going on. So it's a big part of my, my working life, but it's also, oh, I love it. We've got a new paddleboard getting out on top of the sea. But then again, so I start talking East Lothian and I'm also thrown back to going scuba diving for the first time with my parents on the Great Barrier Reef. So you've got a huge diversity, in, in, but it's still just that connected environment. It's amazing. Yeah, and I guess because there are several levels to your happy place, that is the sea. You were talking about the first memories. What do you remember the first time when you were at the beach? What was it? The sounds, the taste, the picture that you've got in your memory? Memory is so funny, isn't it? I'm trying to remember. I think I could try to distinguish whether it's a memory or a photo, you know, the, the mm. ones. And the one is like the 80s haircut with the really blunt fringe that my mum must have given me in the kitchen. And I'm in my ultimate favourite. If they made it in a grown-up size, I would still be wearing it. My red swimsuit with paint splotches on it down at the, at the beach. Um, the seagulls in Australia are smaller than the Scottish ones, but they are bold. And so, so the seagulls trying to pinch your food is a big bit of the sea. And just, just playing in the sand a lot more probably than, than remembering being in the water. And then primary school is probably the, the first time I rem my vivid memories of being in the sea, of um, learning how to bodyboard and body surf in the waves. During the lockdown, the wild swimming became really popular. Many theories says that it's a huge benefit to health, both physical and mental health. Do you remember the first time you went into the sea or lake in Scotland? And how was it? I've got two stories for you, Marcella, on that one. The first one, in Australia, the water is still quite cold where I grew up. It comes up from the Antarctic. It, we're, we're not really around Queensland. That was just a holiday. I'm down south, and so it's still quite cold. And we used to not go swimming unless it was 30 degrees or warmer. You, you just like, why would you? It's not warm enough to get in there. You're mad. And my 
now husband said you're moving to Scotland it's 24 today and you need to learn that that's a hot day and so we're going swimming and we're with family and friends and they all just said oh you guys are crazy and they stood on the beach and watched us go swimming and Dave got so distracted he nearly managed to catch a fish in his bare hands and we were so concentrating on this fish and we're like what's going on and it was because a seal was like just 10 meters away coming towards us and we're like oh my gosh and then we realized there was a fin behind the seal and this was in off the south australian coast and we got a real fright and so we got out of there quite quickly because a fin is not always a good thing off the south australian coast it's a nice bit about swimming in scotland we don't have it turned out it was a dolphin and we were like 15 meters away from this dolphin and seal playing so beautifully but we just couldn't see well enough it was a disaster but anyway we've gone from 24 degrees being madness to we went in the other day you and me and it was seven it was seven degrees yeah but my first scottish one i remember we were actually water skiing we'd lost a ski and i jumped in i was about to jump in and get it and the scottish fan went don't do that you haven't got a wetsuit on you'll freeze i was thinking of like jokes about billy Connolly and of the like north sea i was like will i really and <laughs> i totally believed it <laughs> <laughs> will i turn into ice no it was totally fine i would have been absolutely okay <laughs> <laughs> have you been doing that regularly how is that relationship with the sea for you it's so invigorating actually being in the water i love that i love it when you get out especially at the time you're like this is not fun but the, it's the giggles as you do jumping in screaming and and then once you are in and enjoy it it's just it's magical isn't it but it is i think if i were going on my own the motivation wouldn't be there in the same way. It's, mm -hmm. it's the community around it. Yeah. For you? I think it is the craziness within that. Genuinely, it feels so free and everybody is so supportive. Cheering everybody up, looking out for each other, making jokes. It's both. We had the laughing noises, all the noises of the laughing. And I was actually recording it for um, the Lil. Lil's about to do a crowdfunder. So we were doing a video to, to launch our crowdfunder of people doing their little thing. And so I recorded the sounds of the girls going in and it was this kind of greatness and then there were the geese flying overhead at Long Nidri, all migrating as well. And so we had both sets of birds making beautiful noises. It was, it was really great. This is Marzana Farana Sherlock. You're listening to Just Stories podcast, where I meet with people to find out about stories that are part of their history. I seek random stories told by random people. Today, I'm talking to Lou Hasty about her love of the beach and the sea, about her passion for protecting the environment and building a community, and about her work during the COVID-19 pandemic. From what I know about you, also your work, that space within the work and what you're doing is really important to you. So can you tell me a wee bit more about Lil itself? Lil started out of frustration that Sarah and I had that we couldn't buy plastic-free eco-ethical items that we wanted to get locally. We ended up buying them off Amazon, which 
doesn't make sense to me to, to buy from this massive conglomerate it then I'm spending extra money to get something that's plastic free and they were plastic wrapping it inside the Amazon box so this was all pre blue planet too I mean that that ought not to be happening today but that would still happen and so we decided that we needed to do it if there was this big gap of things that we needed so we started selling toilet paper recycled loo roll off the back of the buggy often on the school run and now we hold 200 different lines of stock of you can get your plastic free pantry items you can get shampoo conditioner washing up liquid hand sanitizer refills so you get them in a, a plastic bottle that has been used someone's given us their recycling often that we then wash and get clean enough to, to be used again for other items. We've got cleaning products, dishwashing tablets, lots of beautiful gifts. We've got new reusable notebooks coming. Um, another swimmer, Helen Wiley, has designed us a gorgeous East Lothian Coast cover. And then you can use the special pen, you write on it, and then you can wipe it off and use it again. We've got you know just, just all these sorts of wonderful different eco-ethical gifts, a whole range of stuff. And then all of that money that we make when one day is used to in sustainability initiatives in our community. And so we've got lots of plans about what we'd like that to be, but we need at the moment Lil lives in my spare room and Sarah's garage. And with uh, this year, the unprecedented times, we need somewhere that other people can come and access when the workload gets so busy that we can bring staff on, we can get volunteers. So we need a little hub. When we get that, we've got grand plans. We'll be able to have swap shops. So we run swishes sometimes, which is where you donate lovely clothes that you're no longer wearing and then we swap them for clothes that, that we like. We want to be able to have um, food swaps as well, food shares. Having somewhere in Haddington where you can just come and swap produce or just take it as well, you know. There's people in our community. We're not a low SIMD area. Sorry, that's jargon from my community background days. Haddington is seen as a very well-off area, but there are still pockets of deprivation everywhere. And there are families who struggle in every place whether it's mental health or family breakdown or you know there's, there's all sorts of issues going on and because we're a well-off area we don't always have the resources available that you get in other places there's not somewhere you can just go down the street and, and get that so being able to have somewhere where there is just come and get some food people are growing stuff it'll be there to have a hub like that that would be a dream for us I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that from the outset but to reduce that waste for it to go to good, to make sure there's not, it's not just getting chucked away, that there is no way. You've mentioned that for you, the C, it was about community engagement. And it sounds to me that Lil also would have plans to get community involved. Am I hearing that correctly? Absolutely. We always wanted Lil to be a community engagement platform. I think amongst our little community the people that the website is do little things which is the social media handle as well so we've got a lovely community there as already and people in Haddington that know us there's a really strong community growing there already and lots of people that we know perhaps don't know of us but are still really keen on the types of things that we're, we're keen to do one of the, the many plans is we'll have a dishwasher 
such a small thing. We're going to get a dishwasher. We're going to be publicly accessible and a dishwasher. But that means that we can progress something we've been talking to with some Haddington cafes already about perhaps getting some investment in and getting a Haddington cup. So you can use your Haddington cup at any Haddington cafe, drop it back at Lille, we'll wash it and we can return them to the Haddington cafes. You know, you just you pay a small deposit and get back. So there's a few logistical things to work out around that. But those are the sorts of projects that we'd really love to take forward. But we can't do that from my spare room. We need to have a space for it to work from. We're coming up to Christmas that probably will be slightly different. Where Lille would position itself or how people can support Lille, if in any way? Yeah, we have um, loads of gifts available so the, the reusable notebook that we talked about will be a nice gift we've got recycled rugs so that um beautiful recycled tartan blankets so we can sit outside and socially distance socialization or after a cold swim we can rug up in our recycled rugs we really believe that it's about doing little things about doing what's achievable and that you don't have to throw out all the good bits of it's such a lovely thing to give a gift and receive a gift we don't want to remove that entirely from from what we do we don't also need to go mental but there are there are um lots of lovely gift ideas that that we have available toiletries and beautiful skincare that are locally made lots of lots of different fab things that you can get in the lead up to christmas there um the other thing that that we've done as a family to just not a sales pitch, but to help reduce that consumer, 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 um, is just a secret Santa amongst the grown-ups. So we have, um, we pull out names of a hat and so I buy, I've got, I've got my sisters-in-law this year. So I, we buy just for one of the adults in the family each and we get them something a bit more expensive. They can put um, suggestions in back to the pool to, to go out for something they might really want. And uh, so, so that helps us cut that down. And last year as well, we went to a show for our nieces and nephews. We all went and had like a day out together. I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year. I don't quite know how we're going to work that. But um, as you say, hopefully we just get to spend some time with them. That would be the best thing. I don't know about you, but I'm finding it hard to be away from home when I don't know, so home I use interchangeably, it's Australia and Scotland are both home. Mm. I'm finding it hard to not know when I can get home. So to Australia, um, it's probably gonna be a long time before I'll be able to fly to Australia and back without formal quarantine um, in Australia. That's making me, feel more about the places that I call I think of when I talk about being at home just yeah. sitting out in my parents backyard that would that would be a really lovely lovely spot to be but East Lothian in general there's so many gorgeous spots um, we love being in the woods we live near the Galton Monument um, so going around there is a lovely lovely spot Tinningham Yellow Craig, exploring inland there as well as some super, super spots. I discovered like a walk, not even like a mile away that um, the last time I did it was so overgrown, I couldn't get through with my hay fever. It was brambles and sneezing. 
but it's been amazing with more people walking around um i think with more access from the council they've done a really great job at helping us have some more paths around um you know i can i've got a whole new walks i can do within a mile of my house that's crazy if you were thinking about any positive thing that might come out of the situation that we're in right now or maybe already came out for you personally or for Lille as well what would it be i think 2020 has been the year that we have learned to count our blessings it's been really really helpful to just stop and appreciate all that we do have and all that we can do so that's been a personal one for me for lil it was really full on during the worst of lockdown we were were flooded with orders because we had toilet paper and pasta so but it, two things that were missing from everywhere we had toilet paper and pasta and we could deliver locally to people so it was such a privilege to be able to support our community when they needed it the most particularly people that um had lots of pregnant mums so they might not have jumped to the top of a shielding list but still found it hard to to get to a supermarket or something and we could we could make sure that they got what they wanted we had one customer who had covid symptoms and couldn't get fruit fresh fruit and veg and we arranged that she got a delivery for that with our beautiful partners at Fantasy Organic. So just that was a real privilege to be able to support our community this year with Lil. It sounds to me like the community thread and the connection comes through the whole conversation. For me, that has been quite important. And I'm taking that this is something that has been, even pre-COVID, really important to you. Yeah. The sea in the community, I think, is you've summed up Lil really beautifully in that way. And, and that is a culmination of, of things that I find important too. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. No, it's amazing. It's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about the initiatives, but also about the feelings and the motivations behind that, because this is what matters. So thanks a lot. Thank you. This was the first episode of Just Stories podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in every fortnight for some new stories. In the next episode, we will meet Aga, who will share her love of nature, new passion for cold exposure, and how one place helped her to shape her future. Marzena Farana-Sherlock, see you in two weeks.